Well, good morning, everyone. Good to see you all. And uh, welcome to those of you joining online as well. Good to have you with us. Uh, it's good to see some faces back, having been away after the summer holidays. It's good to have you with us. And uh, we're very much looking forward to hearing John, our pastor, speak later uh, from Proverbs under the title, Wise Ears. Wise Ears. So we're looking forward to John speaking on that later. Just to say, we've got home groups this coming Thursday, first one after the summer. Uh, They're on Zoom uh, online uh, this week, um, and then in the future, it depends on uh, the home group leader as as to how you do it. Uh, But it'd be great if you could go along to those, if you're part of one. If you're not part of one and you'd like to be, uh, please do speak to an elder, and, um, and we can talk about that with you. So that's this Thursday, is home groups. I'm just going to read just uh, a few verses, just four verses from the beginning of Hebrews 1. Hebrews 1. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. This is the Jesus that we have come to worship this morning. So let's pray and ask God to help us worship this morning. Lord God, we thank you for another Sunday. Lord, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for bringing us safely here, those of us who are here. And Lord, we pray that you'll be with those online as well. Lord, that even though they're not here physically, Lord, that they will know your special presence with them this morning. Lord, we may have come here for different reasons, but Lord, I pray that each one of us, Lord, may meet with you this morning. Lord, maybe we've come because, well, that's what we do on a Sunday morning. Lord, I pray that you would meet with us. Lord, I pray that you would make our heart be in awe of the wonder of meeting with you and who you are. Lord, the privilege of being able to come to church. Lord, it is something very special and I thank you for that. And Lord, as we think about wise ears, Lord, I pray that you'd help us to really listen this morning and really take in everything that we're hearing. And Lord, that it may impact our lives. Lord, I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, in just a moment, we're going to sing. Uh, and then after that, uh, John Cowley is going to come up. There's an announcement for us. Uh, he's going to do the reading. And then after that, John Hitch is going to do the children's talk. But before that, uh, we're going to sing God of the Ages. And I'm going to read the second verse. It says, God of this morning, gladly your children worship before you, trustingly bow, teach us to know you, always among us, quietly sovereign, Lord of our now. So let's stand and sing.
So we've been able to uh, review uh, the COVID restrictions that we've been uh, acting on here at uh, Forest Fold, as we promised we would announce that um, today. Uh, we've decided on a way forward, which we think will uh, allow us to experience a little bit more normality in our worship and fellowship, but at the same time we'll be sensitive to the range of views and uh, show concern for the, the safety and well-being of us all. So I will put a copy of what I say this morning on the website, in case you want to go over it again or for anyone who's not here. Um, obviously the situation is a moving scene and so we will keep things under review but this is what we feel is good and right for us here at this stage and it's to take effect from next Sunday, Sunday the 12th and uh, that will then remain as the way forward for the current time. So the three main areas uh, to mention which are social distance seating, uh, face coverings and mixing. So on the social distance seating, so from next week uh, we will continue to have social distance seating in just some parts of the building and in the rest of the chapel you will be able to sit in every pew. Uh, There were about a dozen people who requested social distance seating, Uh, there may be others as well, quite keen on it and we wanted to err on the side of giving a generous area for social distance seating. So for next week the the back pews, that is the straight pews, downstairs at the back of the chapel on both sides will be uh, social distance seating. Uh, Malcolm and Steve Baldwin are kindly going to be spacing those pews out during the week uh, so that they're in the right place and we won't have to have taped off pews and guessing which pews to go in. It'll all be clearly laid out for us. So if you'd like uh, social distance seating, um, the, the, uh, the stewards will guide you to those pews. Uh, there may well be a spare a social distance seats, more than enough. And we suggest that those can be taken, especially those nearest the entrance hall, those can be taken by families with young children uh, who often, on understandably, like to be near the back of the building. So, for most of us not wanting social distance seating, then it would be helpful if you could sit to the front or upstairs. Um, although in these areas we will be uh, closer together, we still feel it's best for you to sit with those you normally mix with, such as families and close friends. It may also be sensitive to leave little gaps between households and groups. There's no need to pack in like sardines. That's going to feel a bit strange given what we've been through. So that's about social distance seating. Uh, which will be uh, in the, the back straight pews downstairs. And then secondly, face coverings. Um, so from next week, we're making the wearing of face coverings optional, which we know will be to the relief of many. So it's at your discretion whether you wear one or not. 
The exception to this is the social distance pews at the back where we would like you to wear a face covering. Those sitting there are feeling the need to be more cautious and it seems right and sensitive to keep face coverings worn in those seats, in those areas. But for other areas, it's optional. And we trust that you will respect the choice that others make as you expect them to respect the choice that you make. So that's face coverings, uh, optional, except for the social distance seating area. And thirdly, mixing. So it's still generally best to mix outside if at all possible. Uh, We all know that this reduces risk. So please socialise outside if you can. Uh, Both exits will still be used to allow people to get out easily. Um, If the weather is, is wet, then you can mix inside if you wish, but we would encourage you to be sensitive and to give space to others and to spread out where possible, perhaps in the Sunday school building, uh, if mixing is done inside. So there are a few changes which we hope you will feel appropriate at this stage. Other things will still remain in place. So there'll still be the enhanced ventilation, uh, the, the monitoring of the air, and the appropriate cleaning arrangements. And we still ask that you be cautious and thoughtful. If you clearly have the main COVID symptoms, then please do uh, stay away and get a test in line with the guidance. Uh, Where you have had close contact with someone who's tested positive, we would encourage you to use discretion and caution uh, taking a lateral flow test before being in a big group. So if you have further questions on this, this probably doesn't answer everything for everyone, then please speak to Malcolm or to one of the elders. So that's how we see the scene at the minute and we shall see how it goes. We're thankful for the spirit of compliance and understanding that you've demonstrated over the months and uh, we pray that a spirit of Christ-like love and humility will continue as we steer our way through this uh, changing situation. So excuse me taking quite a lot of time to do that but I thought it was helpful to read that out and to be clear. Well now we turn to our reading of God's word and we're in the book of Proverbs. Uh, For those who have a church Bible it's on page 527 but it'll be displayed up there as well. Uh, When we get to the message later on you may well find it helpful to have uh, a Bible open or your app open so that you can see the different parts that we're looking at. So we're used to Proverbs in every day life, sayings, wise sayings. Well, the Bible has a book of Proverbs inspired by God, given by God. And we're into this book this morning. And uh, for now, we're just going to read the introductory chapter, chapter 1 of Proverbs. So I'll read from verse 1. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice and equity, 
to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance. To understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Hear, my son, your father's instruction and forsake not your mother's teaching, for they are a graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent, do not agree, don't go along with them. If they say, come with us, let us lie and wait for blood, let us ambush the innocent without reason, like Sheol, let us swallow them alive and whole, like those who go down to the pit. We shall find all precious goods, we shall fill our houses with plunder, throw in your lot among us, we will all have one purse. My son, do not walk in the way with them. Hold back your foot from their paths. For their feet run to evil, and they make haste to shed blood. For in vain is a net spread in the sight of any bird. But these men lie in wait for their own blood. They set an ambush for their own lives. Such are the ways of everyone who is greedy for unjust gain. It takes away the life of its possessors. Wisdom cries aloud in the streets. In the market she raises her voice. At the head of the noisy street she cries out. At the entrance of the city gate she speaks. How long, O simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge? If you turn at my reproof, behold, I will pour out my spirit to you. I will make words known to you because I have called and you refuse to listen, have stretched out my hand and no one has heeded, because you have ignored all my counsel and would have none of my reproof. I also will laugh at your calamity, I will mock when terror strikes you, when terror strikes you like a storm and your calamity comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you, Then they will call upon me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but will not find me. Because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord, would have none of my counsel and despised all my reproof. Therefore they shall eat the fruit of their way and have their fill of their own devices. For the simple are killed by their turning away and the complacency of fools destroy them. But whoever listens to me will dwell secure and will be at ease without dread of disaster. I'll hand over now to John for the children's talk. Right, good morning children, and um, I guess some of you are back to school, some of you are going back to school on Monday, so I hope that really goes well for you, all of you have got new teachers, some of you have got new schools, and so I hope you're settling really well. Well, I wonder how well you know your postman, we've got a friendly postman called Andy, and um, 
often he delivers lots of, lots of things. Sometimes things are important, uh, but quite often things aren't very important at all. So we quite often get this, Domino's pizzas. It's okay if you're wanting a pizza, but um, that normally goes in the bin or for recycling. Um, we've got here the Cobra magazine. Yeah, I can have a quick read of that, but that's probably going to go in the bin. I've got something from Howden's here, joinery, advertising. And uh, we call it junk mail. And, and really, it's just to go in the bin. And, um, but the other day I had an envelope, and it said on it, uh, important information. It hasn't got my name on it, hasn't got an address on it. So I think most of us grown-ups know that's, that's junk mail as well, because it's not addressed to me. So I thought, I'll, I'll put that in the bin. Uh, but you know what? A couple of hours later, I thought, I wonder what was inside there, because it said it was very important, and I know it's junk mail, really. I thought, and I thought, no, just leave it. But in the end, I thought, no, I'll just have a quick look, see what, it, what they class as important information. So I picked it up, and it's an offer for a new boiler. Um, so I can swap my old boiler for a more affordable green boiler. Okay, that's, that was the very important information. And uh, it's not really, is it? You know, my boiler's fine. And um, so I'm going to put it in the bin. I've got an envelope here. That might come in useful. So perhaps it wasn't a wasted trip for the postman. Um, but I've thrown it away because it really was, really was junk mail. Um, but do you know what happened yesterday? My boiler broke. And so we don't have any hot water now. If I don't get it repaired, we'll have an even colder house than normal in the winter. And um, so something that I would have thrown away as junk mail, didn't really need it, because uh, everything's going fine. Uh, I mean, well, perhaps there is some interest. I have a plumber, actually, so it doesn't, doesn't matter. But this is more important now to me because I've got a need, because something's broken. Now, I want you to imagine if Jesus came to the post office in Crowborough and he said to, to Andy and the, the chap said, I want to get a message out to everybody in Crowborough and I want you to, to mail it round to all the houses, what do you think Jesus would put in there as the really important message he'd want for you and your family and your house to hear from him? I wonder if you can think what, what he might get them to write. Well, Jesus, uh, it says in the beginning of Mark that when Jesus started preaching, um, his, his, really his first message was this, repent and believe in the gospel. I think most of you know what that means, don't you? Repent means to, that we turn away from our sin, that we turn towards God, and that we put our trust, we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as our Saviour. I think that's probably something along the lines of what he would want, the message he would want to send out. And, and it certainly would be important information. But you know what? Just like junk mail, when they hear about Jesus, so many people just throw it in the bin, don't they? Say, no, I'm fine. I've got nothing to repent of. I'm a pretty good person, actually. And uh, believing, well, we can all believe what we like. And uh, I'm happy in how my life's going. I've not got any need to believe in Jesus. And so we throw it in the bin. I wonder if that's, a bit, I wonder if that's what you do when you hear about Jesus. Say, so, no, I'm okay. It's okay. I'm, I'm sure some people need it, but I'm doing pretty well. I'm, I'm fine. I'm okay. I'm, nothing's broken. We're good to go. Uh, and Jesus said, well, there'd be lots of people like that. The people who think they're righteous don't need to be healed. The people who feel well and don't feel they need God, uh, they will be the people who say, no, that's no, fine. But you know who Jesus spent most of his time with? He spent most of his time with bad people. 
with people who were poor and suffering, with people who were broken. And so when they heard the good news, it was a bit like my boiler breaking. Well, actually, it's a different kind of news now. It's a good news. Because Jesus can heal my brokenness. He can remake me. There's a way that I can be saved from my sin and have my guilt turned away by repenting and believing in Jesus. And so something that might be thrown away, Jesus said, I didn't come to call the righteous, but I came to call sinners to repentance. They're the people who need to be fixed, who are broken, and it's good news for them. But you still might be thinking, yeah, but I, I still don't feel I need God. And so one of the great works that the Holy Spirit does, Jesus said, is to convict people of their sin. What does the word convict mean? Well, it means to show somebody that they're guilty or to give them an understanding and realisation that they are guilty. And uh, that's one of the great works that we need the Holy Spirit to do inside of our hearts. And that's what we pray for often. And perhaps Mark will pray about it in a minute. That God's Holy Spirit will, will sort of open our blind eyes and he'll show us what we're really like inside. That before God we aren't okay. In fact, we've broken pretty much all of his commandments and we're broken, and we need to be forgiven. And so we do need to repent and believe in the Gospel. And when God's Spirit works inside of us, shows us what we're really like, then we begin to see our great need of Jesus to be our Saviour. So make that your prayer. Lord, show me how sinful I am, so that I can then see how great a Saviour Jesus is. Good, thank you. Lovely, thank you John. So children, next time you get the junk mail coming through your door, you know what to think now, don't you? It can remind you of how you react when you hear Jesus' words. So, let's pray. Oh Lord God, I pray that you will forgive us for the times when we hear your word and we do not value it. Lord, for the times when we simply throw it in the bin as it were. Or as we might say, when it goes in one ear and comes out the other. Lord, I pray that you would help us to see the treasure that it is. And Lord, I pray especially for the children here. Lord, I pray that they will see that this is really important. Lord, that what they hear in the children's talks, what they hear in Sunday school, maybe what they hear from their parents, if their parents teach them about you, Lord, I pray that they would realise this is really important. And I pray that they wouldn't just simply... Listen, Lord, I pray that they believe and I pray that they would repent. Lord, I pray that for all of us, Lord, you would shine your light more and more into our lives. Lord, if we don't realise that we are sinful, Lord, I pray that we would. Lord, I pray that you would show us that we are broken. Lord, that we are separated from you. Lord, that we need you. And Lord, for those of us who are Christians, Lord, I pray that your light would shine more and more into our lives. Lord, partly so we see more of our sin and more aware of what we are like, but also, Lord, so that we see more of the wonder of your grace and your mercy. Lord, I pray, as Paul prays, Lord, that you would enrich us. Lord, I pray that we would grow in our knowledge and understanding and spiritual gifts. Lord, we've been 
called, as the Bible tells us, into fellowship with the Son. And Lord, we heard at the beginning of this service about who the Son is. Lord, the one who is now sat at the right hand of the majesty on high, who has made purification for our sins. Lord, we have fellowship with him. Lord, I thank you for that. Lord, he is the one who sustains us as guiltless, the Bible says. Lord, I thank you so much for that. Lord, I pray that we would be in awe and in wonder at his love for us, that we would be filled with that same love. Lord, as it says in Ephesians, that as we are rooted in him, Lord, that we would be filled with the fullness of God. Lord, that is something quite remarkable. But Lord, that's the reality for Christians. Lord, the height and depth and width and breadth of your love. Lord, fill us, I pray, with the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray as well for unity for us as a church. Lord, it is something that is so important. Lord, we pray for it. Lord, we pray that we would be people that see others as better than ourselves. Lord, I pray that we may be people that are filled with love and grace towards others, as Jesus has been to us. Lord, I pray that you would help us to know as well the joy of service towards you. Lord, I pray that church may be a place that we don't just come to to receive a message. Lord, I pray that it may be a a place of giving, a place where we think about what can we give back to you. Lord, more and more, Lord, make this about you and not about us. Lord, may you increase, may we decrease, Lord, I pray. Lord, we know that the devil would love nothing more than to rip us apart as a church. And Lord, there have been times sadly in history where churches have been so sadly split or ripped apart. Lord, so much damage has been done to your name. Lord, I pray that you'd protect us. I pray that you'd unify us. I pray that we may be rooted in scripture and in in you so that, Lord, we may be strong and stable. Lord, I pray that you'd be with the leaders of this church as well. Lord, that you'd help us to be wise and strong in you. Lord, do help us. Lord, we very much feel the need for your hand upon us. And Lord, with all these changes going on as well, Lord, with the, with the year we've had, Lord, do keep us. Do protect us, I pray. Lord, I, I pray for those who have been away over the summer. Lord, thank you that many have been able to get away to go on holiday. Lord, I pray that they will be refreshed Lord, not just physically, but mentally, uh, emotionally, and Lord, importantly, spiritually as well. Lord, we're, we're facing a new term. Lord, with different activities starting up again, Lord, I pray that, uh, Lord, that those involved would be refreshed and ready to go. Lord, for those who are still feeling tired, for those who feel that it wasn't enough, or for those who haven't been able to get away and would have dearly loved to, Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you are the one who gives strength and you are the one who gives energy. Lord, we pray that you would uphold them. Lord, we know that when we serve you, Lord, you do not let us down. Lord, you honour those who honour you. And Lord, we pray for that at this time. And Lord, as we think about uh, things restarting, Lord, we thank you for Sunday School and Rooted, which have been able to start again this morning. Lord, we thank you for the joy of being able to teach about you Lord, to young people, to children, 
Oh Lord, Jesus loved young people. And I pray, Lord, that these young people and children may come to know you, not just in their heads, not just know about you. Lord, not just so that they can speak about you, not just pass an exam, as it were. Lord, I pray that they would know you. Lord, I pray that you would fill them with yourself, full of the Spirit, full of the love of Christ. Lord, that they may be bright witnesses to the world around them. Lord, it's a dark world in which they live. Lord, help them to be witnesses, even at a young age, of the love of Jesus. And do be with the the teachers. Help them as they seek to teach and guide and help. Lord, we thank you for the activities over the summer as well. Lord, we think of the camps and YPs and uh, things like Connect as well. Lord, these things that have happened, Lord, I pray that you would use them. Lord, sometimes they can seem a bit distant to us. And Lord, especially as as they go back to school, um, Lord, it can be a tough time. Lord, I pray that they would know that you are still the same God. Lord, that the truths they learn then are still exactly the same now. Lord, that they will be able to trust in you. We bring before you First Tuesday as well. Lord, it's been a a very long time since they've been able to meet together. We thank you that on Tuesday they can do that. Lord, we thank you for the leaders who have put in so much love and prayer and calling people over this long time. Lord, we thank you. We pray that you bless their efforts. And Lord, it's sad that there are some who were there before who are no longer around. Lord, some of them sadly have have passed away. Lord, we pray that you be with the group, Lord, and those that knew them well. Lord, that you would comfort them. And Lord, they have such a wonderful message to share. Lord, I pray that there may be those there who don't know you yet who come to know you. Lord, that is our biggest prayer for that group. Lord, we just pray as well for the Swansons. Lord, we thank you so much for them. Lord, many of us have been so blessed by them over the years. And Lord, we pray for them. Lord, we were saddened to hear that they couldn't go on holiday. That was a blow for them. Lord, I pray that you would help them, encourage them, Lord, at this time. Lord, we thank you that even when they're in Cyprus, Lord, we can communicate more with them now. Uh, Lord, we thank you for things like the internet and technology, that that's made it so much easier, and we we thank you for that. But Lord, we thank you especially for prayer. Lord, that has been around uh, forever. And Lord, we thank you for that, Lord. It's even more reliable than the internet. And Lord, we thank you that even though much of the year they are over in Cyprus, Lord, we can still work with them in partnership with them. We can pray for them. Lord, I pray that we would do that more and more as individuals and as a church. Lord, strengthen them as they're over here. Lord, thank you for them. And Lord, I just pray for John now as well. Lord, as uh, he comes up to speak to us soon from Proverbs, Lord, I pray that you'd help us to listen. Lord, as we think about wise ears, Lord, help us to listen, to take it in. Do be with John as he speaks and help us. Help us to really take it in, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, before John does come up and speak, we're going to sing another song. There's many voices in this world, aren't there? Uh, But who do you most enjoy listening to? Who do you most value listening to? We're going to sing uh, this next song. Above the voices of the world around me, my hopes and dreams, my cares and loves and fears, the long-awaited call of Christ has found me, the voice of Jesus echoes in my ears. Let's stand and sing.
Well, unusually for me, a part of my holiday Bible reading while I was away was uh, some of the book of Proverbs. Uh, I love uh, the book of Proverbs. I think it is a book of the Bible which is good for all age groups. Um, It's good for the young. I remember when our family was younger, uh, we encouraged our children uh, to learn some of the Proverbs. We picked out uh, 30 Proverbs in uh, 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 three groups of 10 and we gave them some encouragement to learn them by heart. They're good words for people at the start of life. They're good for those that are a little bit older and starting to make big choices and who are opening up new chapters of life. And I've got those in mind today and I hope it's going to be helpful for you if you're at that sort of stage where life is opening up for you and you have some choices. But also for those of us that are older, the quality of teaching that there is in Proverbs means that as we get older, I think we appreciate it more and more as a wise book in God's Word. Uh, We're not going to be doing a big series on Proverbs, just going to dip into it uh, two, three, maybe four times. Um, This week uh, the theme is wise ears, Uh, next week the theme is wise words. So this week is on what goes in and uh, next week is on what comes out. Uh, Listening well and wisely is very important for this life and beyond this life. So, just in chapter 1, you see that it was there in different parts. It talks in verse 3 about receiving instruction. It talks in verse 5 about let the wise hear and increase in learning. It talks in verse 8, hear my son your father's instruction. In verse 20, wisdom cries aloud in the street. Verse 33, the end of the chapter, but whoever listens to me will dwell secure and will be at ease without dread of disaster. Chapter 1 through to chapter 9 of the book of Proverbs are like a very big, uh, powerful, hearty, quite emotional introduction. And several times within those introductory chapters you get this strong note of the importance of listening. In fact, many of the starts of the chapters sort of catapult us into the theme of listening well. Most of them do. Let me just read verse four, chapter 4, verse 1. Hear, O sons, a father's instructions and be attentive that you might gain insight. Jump chapter 5. My son, be attentive to my wisdom. Incline your ear to my understanding. Chapter 9 of these introductory sections has a lot of similarities to the chapter we read. Chapter 1. In fact, it was a verse in uh, chapter 9 that that I found especially helpful and we will come on to later on. It's verse 9. Give instruction to a wise man and he will be still wiser. Teach a righteous man, and he will increase in learning. Now, of course, in that culture, uh, people communicated, people learned, were taught mainly through teaching and advice going in their ears. Well, we still have that, a sort of direct learning, but we also 
here, if you like, through video clips, through podcasts, through programs, uh, through reading books, we get information coming our way. And the question I wanted to be thinking about this morning is, what is coming in? What is going in? What, what, are, we, what are we responding to? What is, what, what, what is our ear tuned into? What are the major influences on our lives? What tune are you dancing to? What, what's set in the pattern of your thoughts and life? And, and this man desperately wants his son to be wise, to be wise in his listening, to have wise ears. To have wise ears. And that's what I want for you and for me. I wear that it's a changing time for some, um, restarting school, going back to college, going off to college for the first time, beginning a new job, resuming life as uh, it, it was before. And I want just this morning to look at some of the main proverbs about listening. We're going to be dotting about. I hope it's going to be clear enough for you. I've struggled a bit to get it as clear as I'd like this morning. Sorry if it feels a bit higgledy-piggledy. be good to have your Bibles open so that you can see the verses we look at. We're going to do it in two halves. I want to speak in two ways. And the first is this, about having wise ears. Now, I haven't got it coming up on the screen in front of me. I don't know if there's a, a button that anyone can press that make that happen. If not, I should be content to look round. But if any of us chaps do know then or ladies do know then perhaps they could press that okay so we've got wise ears at the outset so Proverbs is largely of a, a godly wise father speaking to his son they're mainly from Solomon who was King Solomon who especially asked God for wisdom and he's passing on to them things that they need to know at the outset of life, with life before them. And he said, listen son, you need to take heart of this. Or we can say, listen daughter, you you really need to take this on board. This is so crucial for the life ahead. You have in Proverbs, choices over voices. Choices over voices. There are different voices competing for your attention. That's why we sung above the voices of the world around me. There are different channels that you can tune into and their messages. And he talks about the fact that there is wisdom and folly. You've got the voice of wisdom and you've got the voice of folly. In chapter 9 you've got two ladies two women in chapter 9 and they're both calling for your attention. At the start of the chapter you have wisdom who has built her house and she is calling out, verse 4, whoever is simple, let him turn in here to him who lacks sense, she says, come eat of my bread, drink of the wine I have mixed. So wisdom is saying, come and listen to me. And then in verse 13 you've got a different woman and this woman is called Folly, foolishness, senselessness and she's got some loud things to say the woman folly is loud verse 13, she's seductive she knows nothing 
She sits at the door of her house. She takes her seat on the highest places of the town, calling to those who pass by who are going straight on their way. So you've got these two voices, wisdom and foolishness. And they're both asking for your attention. They're both wanting you to listen to them. They're both wanting you to go their way in life. Wisdom and folly. A good direction, a healthy direction, a direction from the Bible that leads to good relationships, that leads to good decisions, that will lead to a useful life, or a a messy direction, a destructive direction, a damaging direction, a senseless direction, and you're having these two calls, and the question this morning is, which is it going to be as you go forward into this new chapter? Wisdom or folly? It's put another way. The godly and the gang. The godly and the gang. Here in chapter 1, verses 8 to 10, you, you, have, you have firstly godly parents. You have godly parents. Hear my son, your father's instruction. So he's a godly dad, cares for his son, giving instruction and he's passing it on. Uh, you may have godly parents. That's a great blessing if you've had that, or a godly mum or a godly dad, and they've been passing things on to you. Or you may have other influences, maybe not your parents, but you've had other people who influence you in a good way and are trying to teach you good things. And you've got that group, verse 8. But you've got other influences here in verse 10. My son, if sinners entice you, do not go along with them. If they say, come with us, we've got these plans and it's going to be good and we're going to benefit from it and join with us. And it encourages a sense of belonging. You say, verse 14, throw in your lot among us, we will have one purse. So you've got the godly influence and you've got the gang who want you to join them and you feel a sense of belonging. Uh, one purse with us, you're part of a group, you've got an identity. It's, uh, you're part of something. And isn't this which, what often is a big factor in attracting people into, into to gangs in some of the cities? They, they feel they belong. It's a bit like the Oliver Twist, you know, in the pickpockets. And uh, consider yourself one of us. Consider yourself at home. You've got a sense of belonging with us. And you might have those two calls, the godly influences that you've had and the gang who are, uh, the group who are trying to, to, to pull you and to, to, to bring you in. Well, you may say it was all a bit black and white. It's not as plain as that. Uh, he's put it in stark terms to make us think, but we can relate to it. You can feel sometimes that tug of war I remember feeling this at secondary school. A group of friends having a pull on me. And other influences which were good influences. And there was a, a which way was I going to go? This group, it, it would have led to addictive habits. There would have been a sort of sexual looseness in the way they wanted to live and went forward. There was a rebelling against authority. And there was other influences that were good. There was the gang and the godly. 
And, and maybe you've got friends which are a bit like that, and they're trying to pull you away. Oh, you like them, but you, you know the influence is, 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 is not a good one. You've got other influences, and your question is, which voice? The choices over voices. Which voice are you going to listen to as you go forward? It can be put in this way. The fear of the Lord and the enticements of men. What is the foundational, um, what is the foundational building block of those who are, are calling you in a godly direction? What is the heart of wisdom, if you like? Well, we get it here in verse, chapter 1 and verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And in chapter 9, which is the, the other end of this big introduction, you, you have it again, verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. So there's a voice which has a deep respect for God and his word, a, a high God consciousness, a, a tenderness towards the Lord. And you have the other side of things which is if you like, the enticements of men. My son, if sinners entice you, it will be fun. It will be a laugh. Others will get hurt, but you'll enjoy it. It will be worth it. And you have those attractions for drawn to different things. There's a, a drunken pub crawl that's so organised. Or there's, there's somebody who starts to flirt with you, who you know is loose in their moral approach to things. There's enticements. Or alternatively, you've got a way of life and voices which have a deep respect for God and his wisdom and what he says is good for life. Who are you going to listen to? Which way is it going to go? Which voice is going to be your choice? We can put it like this as well. The voices of safety and the voices of Disaster. One of the things which is behind the, the father in Proverbs being so concerned is because he knows the consequences of going these two routes, wisdom and folly, following the godly and the gang, the fear of the Lord or the enticements of men. He knows the consequences. Comes out lots in Proverbs. Wisdom leads to life and to safety. Foolishness leads to damage and disaster and death. You get a snip of that just at the end of chapter 1. But whoever listens to me will dwell secure and will be at ease without dread of disaster. Going the way of enticements, attraction, is not all that it trumps up to be. Those encourage you in that way, but make it seem as though it's a, uh, it's the way to live. I remember uh, I just read this as last week. It's actually a book on Hebrews 11 by Richard Coakin, but it fits in with this. Um, he was a Christian um, at uh, university, but it seems as though he wasn't a strong Christian at this stage. Let me quote what it, he says further. More Christians sometimes have an overly rosy view of what sin is like. Many years ago, when I was a student, as a Christian who rather self-pityingly resented having to avoid the hedonistic, that's a pleasure-seeking lifestyle of my friends, I sheepishly asked the biggest playboy 
in my year, so somebody slept around a lot, what it was like having so many sexual partners. His answer surprised me. Richard, it's awful. I wake up next to someone whose name I can't remember and I hate myself. He concludes, maybe sin is emptier than it looks. So there's two ways, ways which good, fruitful, constructive, helpful, wise, and something leads to emptiness, something which damages you and damages others. Which way are you going to go? Maybe you're going to have some more freedom in the next uh, few months. You're going to be away from some of the, the home constraints. You're going to have choices. Do you open your Bible or not? Do you find out a church or not? Do you make some links with some Christians or not? Do you immerse yourself just in the lifestyle of those around without question, without restraint? You've got some choices. You're going to have wise ears. You're going to have wise ears. Don't want you to be filled with regret. Chapter 5, verse 13 He talks to someone who says, I did not listen to the voice of my teachers or incline my ear to my instructors. I am at the brink of utter ruin. Have wise ears. Go a good direction. Listen to good voices. So that's the the, the first part. Wise ears at the outset. But I want to add this. Wise ears over time. Wise ears over time. I found this especially helpful and challenging to me personally. So wise listening, wise ears are not just for the start of the journey. That they are the way of the journey. No good saying I've arrived, I know all I need to know. No, wisdom and listening well is the ongoing route for you. If you're a Christian, that is the ongoing route for you. Chapter 1 and verse 5. Let the wise hear and increase in learning and the one who understands obtain guidance. So here you've got somebody who's already wise and already understanding and what are they doing or supposed to do? Let the wise hear and increase in learning and the one who understands Obtain guidance. Similar in chapter 9, verse 9. Give instruction to a wise man and he will still be wiser. Teach a righteous man and he will increase in learning. So how does a wise man respond to being taught? That's how I assumed. No point in you speaking to me, I'm already wise. Give instruction to a wise man and he will be still wiser. It's the way of the journey is to, to, to have wise ears, to keep taking it in. Wise people are teachable people. Wise people are, are like sponges. They absorb it. They're like kitchen roll. They just soak it up. Oh, it's complicated. 
situations are delicate. I need to grow in understanding. Don't you? I need to grow in wisdom. I need wisdom each day. I need wisdom for each circumstance, don't you? It's the way forward over time. The wise person is to have wise ears and to grow in understanding. We're, we're prone to be stubborn and proud. Uh, if you find it the same, but I find it sinfully that instinctively almost that the heckles go up when people tell me I ought to be different or tell me something should be better. I find a sort of stubborn reaction in me, surfacing, resisting, being told. We like to think that we already know that we're already there, that things are already good. We, we're sadly wise in our own eyes. We're sadly self-sufficient. We, we shut the door on advice and things coming our way and that's not wise and that's not good and that won't lead to growth, Christian. We need to be learning, listening to others. I'll just read some Proverbs. Just allow yourself to sort of mull over them, see how they fit in. Proverbs 10, 8. The wise of heart will receive commandments, but the babbling fool will come to ruin. Twelve verse fifteen. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. Nineteen verse twenty. Listen to advice and accept instruction that you may gain wisdom in the future. Do you find that instinctive? I know best, I don't need to be told. I can do it on my own. I already know. Do you have godly advisors, people who love the Lord, love his truth? The people you talk things over with, big things of life, handling situations, relationships, how to deal with things, parenting, marriage, how to approach work, difficulties. Very thankful that I've had really good advisors over the years in some of the situations I've faced. Listening to others, listening to different perspectives, all under God's word, of course. I don't know if you've heard of Augustine of Hippo. That's Hippo, the place in Africa, not the animal in Africa. Um, I don't know loads about him, but I respect a lot about what I do know. He was one of the early uh, church fathers, early church uh, people in the early centuries. Well, I was carried on late yesterday evening to unwind reading my holiday book. My holiday book was about the Duke of Edinburgh. I read a li- the life of the Duke of Edinburgh. And 
Augustine of Hippo was quoted in the life of the Duke of Edinburgh, which surprised me. Um, He was famous apparently for a maxim, uh, a saying, which was, hear both sides. Hear both sides. And there's a proverb on that, Proverbs 18, 17. The one who states his case first seems right. Oh, of course, it's obvious, that's what we've got to do. Yep, okay, fine, yep. Until the other comes and examines him. And it's saying, it's not just enough to go by one viewpoint. You, You need the other, you need to test them, you need to weigh them up together. In important matters, it's good to have a a range of opinions. So 11 verse 14 says this, Where there is no guidance, a people falls, but in an abundance of counsellors, advisors, there is safety. Now, I don't know what you thought of our COVID statement earlier on, Uh, Maybe it wasn't quite what you were hoping for or what you thought was right and maybe you thought the wording of it could have been better. Um, But I can say that uh, it was better than it would have been if it wasn't for other people. We have elders, so we were able to talk about it together. Uh, Malcolm's very involved with how this has been working at Forest Fold, so it was good to tap into his perspective uh, others have made comments on route as to what they think would be good or wise in the way going forward. I had somebody in the house who could improve my English so that what I actually said or wrote down was better and less clumsy than it would otherwise have been. It was better than it would have been. It's helpful to have people with different perspectives helping to balance our view. That's a good way forward if you're in a position dealing with delicate issues, difficult situations, involved with leadership. Wise ears, listening to other perspectives. And then lastly, to bring out this aspect of Proverbs, listening to correction. Listening to correction. That's not easy, is it? The word is reproof, usually, in Proverbs. And some correction, if you like, aimed at us can be a sweeping, uh, misplaced, unkind, uh, quite damaging actually. But much correction that comes our way or much suggestion is humble, uh, perceptive, well worth thinking through. Proverbs 15 has some bits to say. Verse 5, a fool despises his father's instruction, but whoever heeds reproof is prudent. Verse 31, the ear that that listens to life-giving reproof will dwell among the wise. Whoever ignores instruction despises himself, but he who listens to reproof gains intelligence. The New Testament encourages us to be swift to hear. It points to Jesus in Isaiah whose ear was open to what the Lord had to say. So, 
wise ears at the outset, but wise ears on the ongoing pathway. This week, wise ears, and next week we'll be thinking a bit more about wise words. Well, shall we have our closing song, which is a prayer really. It's a, a prayer to be taught, to be teachable. Teach me thy way, O Lord. Teach me thy way. Thy gracious aid afford. Teach me thy way. Shall we stand to sing this prayer through? for that for those nearer the start of their life with big big freedoms in front of them new years, new situations give them a love for wisdom to drink it in and to act on it to be pointed to Jesus and to follow him Lord we pray for for those of us further down the way Forgive our our pride and our stubbornness when we're unreceptive to what we need to hear. Help us, Lord, to be open to advice, open to correction, open to the wise perspectives of others so that we may be wise in our choices, in our lives, our decisions, so that we may do things which serve others well and don't damage them. 
Help us then to have a big ear towards wisdom, we pray. Amen.